Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass. I'm your host, Sam, from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. And I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. Yes, you are. Uh, each week we get together, we talk about cars, motorsport, F1, car, what else? Cars? Cars. We talk cars, about cars, cars. We? <laughs> <laughs> You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can watch us on youtube.com forward slash Behind the Glass. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. And Tony, if people want to support this podcast, what should they do? Watch it. No. <laughs> But also head to Patreon. You can support us on patreon.com forward slash behind the glass. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Now, I wish there was more fanfare around this, but we failed in our planning. This is our 100th episode of Behind the Glass. Can't you do some uh, cheering in the background? No, 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 oh. not, not you. <laughs> you know, over Via editing. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, I thought you meant just me just being like... No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, we had been talking for a while about this mm. and we said that we were going to do something to celebrate and then we just got distracted. I mean, you've been busy, I've been busy. No, we are going to do something. We will do... That, okay, so yes, we'll still do something. Just not today. Just not today. <laughs> <laughs> But this is our 100th episode. I mean, well done. I think we've said before, you haven't been on every single one. Um, we've had various seasons in various different locations. Um, but that's quite a big number. And I think we should be quite proud of that. I wonder how many I've been on. I bet I've been on 80. Yeah, I, I reckon you've been on 80. There yeah. were very few that I did without you. Yeah, yeah. Early on, there were a handful. But, yeah. but the majority you've been on. Um, because, you know, that's the, why we started it, isn't it? Because we sure. were just having these long, long conversations about yeah. cars. I mean, we should record this one day. Uh, anyway, a uh, huge thanks to everyone for your continued support, allowing us to get to this kind of crazy number. Here's to 200 episodes. Uh, we've got to shout out a few new patrons. We love our new patrons. Uh, Clint Wilford. Now, Clint is a legend. Is he? Uh, do you remember when I went to Dubai during Drive the World and I ended up driving a very nice yellow pista for a week? And a speciale. And a speciale. I well, remember. Yeah, you do. <laughs> of course. They were Clint's. Oh, hello, Clint. Oh, yes, we love you, Clint. <laughs> uh, good man, so thank you very much for supporting the podcast. They still uh, got him? Yeah. Oh, oh, mate, he's got everything. Has he? He's a hero. Um, but Marcus Jewell, Matthew Binden, uh, and Andre Lev- Levi? Andre? Andrew. Hello, Andre. Um, we're we're going to go for that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, anyway, happy times over here on the podcast. Now... Are you, they new ones? Yeah, there's all new ones. I only shout out the new ones. Oh. Well, that's a bad thing, isn't it? I shouldn't have said that. I didn't mean it like that. I didn't mean it like that. Yeah. But like the people who buy into the reward that deserves a shout out, hopefully should have all received shout outs by now. Good. And as and when new ones come in, we claim we shout out the new ones. 
And if you haven't, resubscribe. Yeah, I was gonna, <laughs> I was say, if, you, if you haven't been shouted out and you've signed up for a while, let me know because oh, yeah. I, sh- I should have shouted you out a while ago. That's, <laughs> that's awkward. Thanks for calling me out, Tony. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> now, you rushed up here today because, of course, it was raining and cold outside. So you, you ran up the stairs. Well, I need a wee. Well, that too. <laughs> I did, didn't want to out you on the podcast. But you didn't put your head downstairs. Oh, you got... Wait. No, I didn't because I needed a wee. I went straight upstairs. There's a car downstairs. There's an F-type downstairs. F type. Oh, the new one? Nope. SVR. You bought it. <laughs> Have you really? I wish. <laughs> oh. So the absolute hero is at Alexander's Prestige, uh, who I went to visit loads of times last year, uh, basically picked up on the fact that on this podcast and in some content I've been banging about F-Type. And they went, we've just got a really nice SVR in stock. And I was like, oh, damn you, I hate you. And they went, do you want to come and check it out? And I was like, oh, well, restrictions. We'll send it to you. I was like, oh, come on. Really? So they literally trucked it down this morning. It was outside the yeah, lorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The lorry was outside this morning. Apparently for like some of their VVIP customers, like on special circumstances, they're willing to, to truck cars around for test drives. I was like, you know, I'm not a VIP customer. And they just replied, dot, 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 yet. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can see what you're trying to do here. See, I've got this SVR for a few days, which of course I'm going to film. Um, but yeah, I won't say too much more because it will end up being a main channel video. But I like, I'm like a giddy child knowing that that car is downstairs. Blue one. No, black. Black one. That's what I'd have it. Twenty eighteen or nineteen plate. So the I think twenty nineteen. Yeah. I have to double check. But um, super super nice. And yes, this is now becoming a bit of a theme. We're talking about it a lot. I feel like I'm putting the pressure on myself. But this will be the first time I've driven an old shape F type for a couple of years since the end of Drive the World. Really. Do they they listen, Alexander Prestige? Uh, yeah, because that's how they got in touch. Okay, I, mean, cool. I, mean, I, I speak to them pretty much all the time. They're, we have a similar relationship. The guys okay. at Alexander's Prestige, I'm in a WhatsApp group and we just chat cars. Okay, good. <laughs> um, but yeah, they picked up on, on the chat here on the podcast. So if they give me some money, I can persuade you to buy it. <laughs> how are you going to persuade me? Don't worry about that. Okay. <laughs> well, Adam, Andrew, I know you're listening. So uh, if you want to get in touch with Tony, there could be I'll a deal to be done money, yeah. for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Anyway, big news this week. And the reason why we're actually recording this a little bit delayed, usually we record our episodes on a Monday. Today's a Wednesday. That's because on Monday, I was driving the brand new BMW M3. Is that still embargoed? No. It's oh. an, uh, embargo has been released. What day is it today? It's Wednesday, the 10th of March. So I know two lads yeah. that are picking M4 competitions up on Friday. Because that's the release day of them. So yes, me and what feels like 10 bazillion journalists around the world all got our chance to experience the new M3 or M4 over the last few weeks. I think actually the press drives are continuing, so there's going to be more content to come. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, listeners of the podcast who watch a lot of YouTube car content probably would have seen a lot, but, you know, uh, JWW, uh, Paul, I think, is doing an experience later in the week. I think Archie's going along. You know, there's going to be a ton of content on this car. Paul's doing it. Paul's doing it, That's yeah. a crash. It is a crash, but he did obviously own the old M3, which, which, he, which he tried to crash <laughs> weekly. It was his drifting stage. Um, and worryingly, the new car's got a drift mode, so we're really in trouble. Um, but yeah, so so it's not new news by now, because this podcast is going out 24 hours after the embargo, so there's already so much content on that car. So when did it, when, when the embargo lifted? Yesterday? Today? Uh, it was this morning, which for those of you listening, was yesterday. Right. So that's why all the reviews are already out. But I thought we'd, we'd talk about it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Sh- interested sh- about that car. Share my, my thoughts and opinions. So the first thing we'll say, let's address the looks. Because it's, I mean, it's the main talking point. Everyone's been banging on about it for the last few months. What is for you? <laughs> no, but it is for the internet. 
Everyone's being bang on about the way it looks. Oh, I mean, it looks all right. I know you do. And that's the whole point. That's, okay. why, that's why we're talking about this. Yeah. Um, I still don't think it looks all right. Okay. And I'm not just banging on about that front grille. I mo- I've moved on from the front grille because, you know, that's, we all get used to 720S. Oh, it looks so weird. Now we're like, oh, it looks all right. Um, I, I spent the whole day <laughs> trying to get a good angle of that car. Because, you know, a little bit of insight into how I film my videos. One of the first things I usually do when I'm filming a car review is get the, what I call B-roll, static shots of the car in a scenic location. Uh, it helps get me excited. I, I walk around, I go, oh, it looks great, it looks amazing. And then I want to jump in and go for a drive and I'm usually buzzing with energy for that moment. With the M3, every time I got out, I was like, oh, oh. Like I couldn't frame it or find an angle of that entire car where I thought it looked good. It's awkward. And it's not just that front grille. Oh, you're the sort of bloke that goes in a nightclub and tries to pull a 10, aren't you? Every time. <laughs> you're that bloke, aren't you? I'm the sort of bloke to go in. I just have the fat one, first one I see, and that's that. Bitch, 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 I'm going home. <laughs> Difference in standards, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even sure how to comment on that, but anyway. <laughs> the point being... As I say, forget the front grille. There's something about the rest of the car. It's awkwardly proportioned. Firstly, they've just done these weird small changes across the car. Like, for example, the wheels, now they're staggered. 19 and 20 inch wheels, front and rear. Not they, Mercedes. They still look very small. And I don't know whether it's the housing or the flared arches or what, but the wheels look unnaturally small. If you think of the old M3, really, the wheels filled its arches very well. It always looked quite mean and had a good stance I thought this car looks almost a bit floaty and then it's kind of long and it is bigger than the old no you laugh but I'll be super interested because you haven't seen one in the flesh yet have you no I've seen a normal one but not a not an M3 or 4 so I agree a 440i I think is quite good looking yeah but I really want you to see and wait and see this new M3 in the flesh okay and spend some time with it because I went in there being like, I'm, who cares about the grill? Let's get over this. Maybe it's going to you know, grow on me. I just couldn't find a good angle. So it, it's odd that you say that they got 19s and 20s because the original M4 comp, the, you know, the outgoing one, mm-hmm. essentially, has got 20s all around. Yeah, so this was a new thing, I think, for the cars, mm. wasn't it? To do the, the yeah, staggered size. Yeah. Yeah. And it does make that front wheel look small. Amazing. Um... And did it have that? Because I always thought that the M3 was always the better looking car. Where did the better stance? It was always the better looking car than the M4. Has it got that big stance present on the back? See, that's what I don't think. I think it's now not got that, those wide hips. I think maybe they've made the front wider as well. or so It's lost that kind of meaty stance. It definitely stands. Like it looks different. But it doesn't look as aggressive. It just looks overstyled. Like even the wing mirrors, they're, these, they're now with these really boxy wing mirrors. And actually, I, I watched the Chris Harris video this morning and he picked up on that as well. I, was, I didn't want to mention it because I thought it was a bit of a weird thing to talk about. Then I saw him, I was like, okay, fine. Somebody else noticed it as well. They're these really, really boxy and over-designed. Everything about the car feels like it's been over-designed. And if you read the, <coughs> the print on the BMW website, it seems like they've done this on purpose. They want this car to stand out from the crowd. When I would argue previous M3s, actually a lot of their plus points have been that they haven't really. You know, there's the smallest of details that car aficionados notice, but most people don't realise that it's anything other than a standard 3 Series saloon. Mm. Whilst this is very in your face. Yeah, I'd I'd half 
disagree with that. I get what you're saying, but the old M3, if you saw one of them come up behind you because of its stance, you would know it was an M3. From what you're describing to me, the new M3 is like the current M5. It's really not that leery. You know, if you take the badges of a current M5, it just looks like a normal 5 Series. Yeah, but the new M3, I'm saying completely the opposite. It's really in your face in a point where it's not easy to look at. Apart from the bigger arches. But is it in your face because of the grill? The grill helps, but everything about it, it doesn't sit naturally in your mind. When you, you, you keep looking at it going, what's off? And there's various different factors at play, where, as I say, it just feels a little over-designed. We've done exactly what I didn't want to do and spend literally five minutes talking about the way it looks, which we've all been doing for the last three months. So I'm determined to move on. But that's what I'm saying. I, you know, I'll be intrigued to see what you think when you see one in the flesh. I'm definitely getting used to the grill. And I think in different specs, the grill actually sometimes almost looks, dare I say it, good. Mm. But it's the rest of the car just didn't quite come together. But let's talk about how it drives. because that, 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 That's the not, most important yeah, thing. Yeah, let's not judge a book by its cover. Can't see it from the inside. Now, help me out here because... I was never a big fan of the previous M3, M4. Okay. I just didn't like it. I found it just a bit of a brute. It, it never felt that settled on the road. It was a tiny bit sort of shouty aggressive in the sense that it was all just a bit, rah, 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 you know, and it hit a bump. And it, I, yeah. I don't know. I just didn't like it. It felt like okay. a blunt instrument. Fair. Um, now, as we all know, I'm becoming increasingly an elder gentleman and enjoying the softer ride of a car. <laughs> Now, this new M3, like so many other cars, felt a lot softer around the edges. More refined. Definitely more refined. Now, I'm not enough of a aficionado to go that's a good thing or a bad thing because I actually like the fact that it's been a little bit softer. The steering, for example, is super light and basically void of much sensation. But I quite enjoyed that, weirdly. It's very direct, but you don't really feel anything. It's just direct. The gearbox is now that, I think it's the ZF automatic. Yeah, it will be eight speed, yeah. So smooth, you barely notice a gear change happening, which is a sort of nice when you're cruising around town, but when you start getting on it, it's a little bit disappointing. Yeah. And then the ride in comfort mode is so stupendous. It's, it's so buttery smooth. I took the car to a similar road that I took the Abarth. Competizione, which, I mean, as we know, that's got like bricks for suspension, so a weird thing to judge. But I, I knew the road was bumpy and this car was just gliding along it. Never that upset. I went over one big crest and, okay, fine, traction kicked in. So if traction was off, I might have been in a hedge. But, you know, the car just didn't seem phased by anything. And so whilst I was super impressed, really enjoyed it, the long story short, the point I'm trying to get at, I think it felt like an M345i rather than an M3. Do you know what I mean? Okay, so I would say that's a compliment to the M345i because it's a it's a problem with the M5, mate. If you get in a 540 or a 530, it's just as good to mm. drive down the road, mm. unless you want to go really fast, and you shut your eyes and you're a passenger, you would know no difference between the two cars. And that's, that's is that the... The, the you know the normal models are that good now, or the the um, the sportier models are just even more refined and less special. I don't know. I think I think that's it. I think the, that new M3 it was a for me a better car in every way than the the old one. Which let's face it, it's very old now. I mean, yeah. but you know, so much uh, and appealed to me more, but actually was inherently therefore a little bit less 
special because it felt like many other BMWs that I'd driven. I mean, that engine we know is already in the X3 M. We've already seen it, Correct. right? In a, so it didn't feel that special as an engine. It felt quick. And there were a couple of moments I remember where I sort of was joining roads or I was turning at a junction and I just put my, and it just gathered pace in such a nice way. X-Drive. It's four-wheel drive, isn't it? No. So that's oh. coming later in the year. Fair. The one I was driving was a rear-wheel drive. Um, but even still, so much grip. So, so, didn't, so much didn't grip. step about and move no. about like the old no, I mean, I wasn't pushing hard enough okay, on the roads fair. that I was on to get it to do that. Um, it's just a weird one where I think it's a, you know, if you if you were trying to replace your old M3, would you get in that and go... God, I love it. Probably. But would you go, I don't know if it's as M3-ish. Maybe it's just the direction that, you know, BMW are going in, but it didn't feel as engineered. It probably is, but it felt more bland. Do you mm. know what I mean? Yeah. I think the biggest problem we got with these modern cars, and they are always better in general, yeah. manufacturers, when they build cars. It's been a car. nearly 10 years between the generations. Yeah. From the start of production to the, yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. But what, you know, in general, they... They always, manufacturers, they always bring better cars out than the old car, of course, because it's, you know, it's, yeah, it's yeah, evolution. Or, is it evolution? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Evolution, yeah. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> we expect it to be better. We're not, I didn't really want to talk about it, but I think we should. The price of it. We like to talk about price on this. 75 grand? And is a bit it? more. And a bit more, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I spec one up after the press drive, I think up to 88 pretty easily. All right. So, it's... It's double the money of the current one. So you can have a 2020 current car, mm-hmm. essentially, or a 2019 current mm-hmm. car for 40 grand or 40, mm-hmm. early mm-hmm. 40s. The new cars double the money. Personally, I would pay double the money. Really? I, I do. From, just for me, I, said, I was never a big fan of that previous M3 M4. But a lot of people loved it, mate. I, I mean, as I know, because my YouTube channel nearly got <laughs> shut down from abuse yeah. when I talked about how much I did like it. <laughs> but it is a much better car. It is a much better car. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's a, it's a different approach from BMW, yeah. where I think it might actually open up the M3 market. I think they might attract more or different customers who maybe wouldn't have considered an M3 before because it was a bit too in your face, a bit too, in terms of driving experience, a bit too hardcore. This, because of how refined it is, I think more people will 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 want that experience, will, mm. will, will want to be able to... Yeah, so... I would do that. I wouldn't, even at half the price, I wouldn't go for the old M3. But this new one, I'm like, as a car to drive, and I spent all day in it, mate. I spent all day in it, in every single scenario, motorways, towns, small roads. And it was really nice, except when I got out. Did it feel, did it feel like a little, little M5? No, I think it felt like its own thing. And so the interesting thing is obviously the weight. So it's gained, this is quite unbelievable, I think, 170 kilos over the previous generation. Blimey. And that's not even an X-Drive car. Exactly. I made that video the other day comparing my 996 911 with a 992. And we worked out over 20 years, the Carrera or Carrera S has gained 120 kilos for 20 years. In between generations, the M3 has gained 170 kilos. So... What is it, 1.8 ton? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's exactly that. I think it's actually 177, 1780 or something oh. like that. So just under 1,800 kilos, which is nuts. But it didn't feel that heavy on the road. I think yeah. with that super light steering and stuff like that, and the steering is very direct, and then the way that it can pick up its speed, because it's, it's only 0.1 second quicker than the outgoing one, I think, is yeah. 0 to 60. So 
I don't know. I, I did really like it, but I walked away going a little bit like I'd spent the day in a 340i. Like, you know, I didn't feel like, wow, that's an M3. Okay. Because even I didn't like the old one, I recognised what it was. All right, so that is a scenario. Mm-hmm. M, mm-hmm. M340i, if we go new to new, yeah. nearly double the price. So what is it? So an M340, oh, so yeah, M340i. It's 40 odd grand. Really? On the road, I'm not sure that the M3 would be worth. I don't think you'd notice enough of a step forward over a 340i on the road. And interestingly, BMW UK might not like me saying this, but when I got back and I was having this conversation with them talking about my experience, oh, there goes my WhatsApp again. <laughs> Maybe that was BMW UK saying, don't, don't tell the story. Don't say it. Yeah. <laughs> but they said, you know, I think the, if we were launching this car out of COVID, we would have been launching it at a track. And I think people need to experience that track to really understand the capabilities of this car. And I think therefore they were admitting or they were aware of the fact that on the road, it's increased capabilities as a road car, remove some of the show, the, the specialness mm. of its on-track abilities. And, you know, you see like Chris, Howard, a few of them took it on track mm. and were sliding around everywhere mm. and saying it was great. But yeah, therefore, okay, so th- yeah, that's going to be my summary actually. If you're never going to track the thing, if you're going to use it as a daily, save the money and get a 340i. Okay. If you if you do think you're going to track it or if you are only ever going to be driving it super hard on amazing roads, get the M3. Okay. Interior, by the way, those seats with the weird like carbon... Like that? D- weird, mate. Really? Yeah, Didn't right, like mate. it. Well, what? There's a bit of carbon where your doodah goes. Oh. Oh, what? Is it that big for it to be that far forward? Not for me. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, interesting experience. Uh, Hope to spend more time with one or the other car at some point, go on a bit more of an adventure because it was a very nice car to spend time in and I think it would be cool to take to Germany or visit the Nürburgring or something because I'm sure it would be very capable. What about the tech in it? Uh, Fantastic. I mean, the the BMW infotainment system, I do still think is the best out there today. It is really, really fantastic. Another experience I had recently, Defender. So I went off with Paul, actually, to uh, East Nor, which is a lovely uh, estate uh, in the sort of, what would you call that? North, no, um, West Midlands. Uh, it's for off-roading experience mm. in the new Defender. Now, we know that you had a bit of a uh, up and down experience with the Defender. I did, yeah. But I I've been it. increasingly, well, no, you loved it, but then you had issues, right? I still loved the car, though, mate. I still was a great car. The amount of people that when I said I'm thinking of buying one went, even after Tony's experience? Yeah, but uh, uh, just to make it clear, I do think it's a good car. They just break. Like, but that's just not Defenders. That's all Land Rovers in general. And as many horror stories as there are, there are some good ones as well. Of course. I, didn't, I mean, that, I didn't, nothing broke on the car that I was driving that day. and We were bashing it around. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. And I have to say the big thing that I realise is how good that car looks off-road, as it should. Mm much better off-road than on-road. Because I, I still think it looks a bit odd at times on the road. No, I really look well. You still really like it. If you When you see it, it's got real presence on the road, especially if you get like one that I had, all the black pack mm. and all the, the right wheels and that on him. And yeah, I really think they've got a big stance. And I do think it's very spec dependent, that car. Yeah. I think you can get it very wrong very easily. Mm. Um, you know, in my mind, before the car really launched or hit the road, I was always like, I've got to have the steelies and got to be the nine chain. I'd go the base spec as possible. But actually now you're right the kind of murdered out versions or the highly modified ones, I think are looking cooler. Me too, yeah. Um, And weirdly, so one of the guys 
when I was thinking about taking a, an SUV or a sort of bigger car on Drive the World, I was speaking to a guy at the No Road Club who do a lot of sort of modifications for World Defenders, but lots of different SUVs, 4x4s. And they were going to partner up on some stuff at one point. But we've been chatting ever since. And I, I was texting him about the exact same thing. saying I just drove Defender, talking about Urban, for an example. And he said that the modification scene on New Defender is insane. I bet. Like literally people are going nuts for it. Because mm. I think it's a car that takes mods well. It's a bandwagon as well, mate. It's the it's the new it's the newest thing out, and the old Defender was very, could be very heavily modified and personalized as well. Personalized, yeah. That's the big thing. You can personalize them, and that you know, Land Rover themselves even offer so much personalization. You know, that lunchbox you can put on the side, which is you know, I don't really see the point in it, but and the ladder to climb on the roof. This is the thing about that car. It's like, it's so nice. Why would you climb on the roof? Like, I get why you would on the old one. I, I do get the idea of it. Like, if you were hunting wild animals in Africa, which you shouldn't do, uh, um, <laughs> you might want to climb on the roof. But what are you going to do in Sloan Square, climb on your roof so you can see the Bugatti at the end of the street? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I probably would, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, you would. Uh, um, but anyway, I, sp- I asked Phil to send over some information about, like, what is popular. Because I was just intrigued to see that you say loads of stuff being sold. What are you guys seeing? So he said that the genuine Land Rover ex- accessories are insanely popular. So people are buying Bogo spec cars either new or used and then ordering things so like the mud flaps the air intake the big snorkel i think that looked cool i have to say i saw a couple of the cars at land rover that had those side steps the center wheel arches etc and those are all genuine accessories which i think is yeah, yeah dealer uh, fit that's quite cool um that that can still be done um but the one thing he said people are going nuts for the smoked rear lights which i didn't realize they were apparently an option on the defender x which was the crazy nearly 100 grand one and they're on the v8 um but now you can basically get them on all the other ones. So people are going nuts apparently for smoke lights. Because they're weird. The tail lights on the Defender, you've got like 17 of them. Mm, you have got so <laughs> yeah, many. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. many. It's another thing that I get weird about. Um, but I'm just seeing what else he sent through. He's gone 20 inch wheels. Um, uh, 20, it's a genuine wheel options as seen on the vehicle used in the Telegraph. Oh, okay. So he sent some images through. Uh, so anyway, so of course, big wheels, everyone's going to go nuts for, aren't they? Um, uh, 18 inch wheels to do a bit more off-roading. The Evo Course Dakar Zero is a motorsport-derived wheel. Super strong. Oh, that's look. Oh, he sent a picture of that. That looks awesome. So, yeah, I, I think I'm still intrigued as a replacement for the X3. And I would love to get one and then call up Phil No Road Club and just be like, kid it out, mate. Just put it, just go. Yeah, for, just yeah, go yeah, in. Because yeah, yeah. I think it's cool. And, and I would do the same if I bought an old Defender. And, I, and this is my whole resolution is somehow Land Rover have managed to take across all the things that were great about old Defender into the new one, despite it looking completely different. Of course. Uh, I mean, undoubtedly, it was very good off-road, right? Oh, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. I mean, as it had to be. Yeah, of course. I mean, the, the the old one was good, but it wasn't as good as Land Rover claimed because <laughs> the Range Rover Sports and the Vogues were actually better off-road. Well, let's face it, <laughs> it, it, it was 60 years old by that point. Yeah, so, you yeah, know, the, yeah. the tech hadn't really moved on. But yeah. but the new one, you know, yeah. And some of the stuff that it can do, for example, on the new Defender, it's got something called like Wade, Wade Mode Pro. So if you're living somewhere in the UK that gets flooded regularly and you approach what looks like a flooded road, you can push a button and it like closes off all the air vents for the engine and things like that. And so you could submerge yourself, come out the other side and then open it all up, which is it's like this clever yeah, yeah. stuff. So I use that. We've got, oh, a, really? we've got a, a, a Ford. I love a Ford. Near our work. Yeah. And, and I underestimated how deep it <laughs> Underestim- was. <laughs> <laughs> We're going down! <laughs> to the point I started floating. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, as I went in, I was using that 
uh, mode, and I thought, oh no, it's a bit deeper than I thought because it, mm. I'd forgot it'd been raining and the the fault was flooded. But it went <laughs> it went through fine, mate. It just went through. Yeah, like, it, just breezed. It, Breezed. It was up over well, the It's got an auto sensor as well, so it does it all for itself. It was over, up over the windscreen. Over the windscreen. Mate, no, no, no. Uh, like the water was like over the bonnet on the windscreen as I went through. Like it was. And, and was anyone daughter, watching? My daughter was in the car. <laughs> she thought it was hilarious. And I, I, I didn't say nothing. Obviously, she's four. Yeah, yeah. But I thought, as I was going through, I'm thinking, I hope we don't float because can... I, this is actually really deep. <laughs> but we got, we went through. I definitely would have floated in the X3. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> gone. Um, so yeah, look, let me know out there. I'm so intrigued by other people's thoughts about this car because it does divide opinion. Uh, if you've got one and you've modified one, also I want to see, uh, I'm going to throw up some images from Philip No Road Club, as I say, of the stuff that he's been doing because I do think it looks awesome. And, and I'm just biding my time. You know, I'm in no big rush here. I still want to get closer. I haven't experienced a 90 yet, which is the one that I think I'd want to go for. So I don't know what to do, but... So what, wait, so you'd want the most impractical just because of the looks? Yeah, but you say this, is it that impractical? The only thing which is impractical... It's only is, got three doors. Yeah, but... but So... No room in the back? You, well, plenty of room in the back if you put the seats down for... Oh, that's for, handy. For cargo. So it's just people getting in and out. But somebody told me that because the front doors are so big and wide, and if you slide the door, the seats forward, it's the access is easy. Oh, so are you going to do that when the front seats are down because you need some room at the back? Sorry, the back seats are down when you need some room in the back. You don't have anyone in the back. I mean, it's useless. Mm. <laughs> you haven't really thought about it, have you? Looks cool, though. No, I mean, yeah, I, that's ha- beautiful. <laughs> I have, because that was the whole thing I said in the first one. I was like, I really like the idea of the 90, but it's, it's just not as practical as the 110. The 110 is huge. But then when you start putting bits on it, like here, like, you know, you can start putting all the crazy bits on it. It somehow shrinks the car a bit. Once you yeah. put the snorkel and the mud flaps and the roof cage and everything, it's, it does start to shrink it a bit. And maybe I mean, that's the route to I go. I mean, it is big, mate, but we established it's no longer than your X3. Mm. Oh, I don't really know what you're saying to me. Nor do I. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we move on? Uh, anyway, if you're interested in modifying a Defender or seeing what Philip at No Road Club gets up to, I'll put a link to his website below. Um, big thanks to him for sending over that info for us to have a little chat about. Um, so, uh, a bit of, well, not new car news, but but car news that we can dive into. Um, Taycan Cross Turismo, which we expected to launch a month or so ago, has finally launched, which is kind of like their A6 all-road. As much as I love the Taycan, I see no point of because... Well, let's face it, you're not going to be able to charge and then go on some big adventure where Safari. Safari, I mean, like... Well, it's going to get stuck. Literally, I mean, you could... <laughs> yeah, yeah. And surely if you're... If the terrain is loose, is that what you would say? If the ground is loose, you're probably going to use more battery for the traction systems. And I'm making this up. I'm just assuming these things. Well, there, there's one other problem. What if you ground out and put a hole in one of the batteries? Well, there you go. So, yeah, we're not going to be buying that car. <laughs> Looks good, though. I haven't seen it. Oh, no, it looks good. It's like a Panamera Sport Turismo, but a Taycan. A6 Allroad. A6 Allroad. <laughs> Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Interesting car. Um, Aston Martin, your favorite brand. No, uh, no. I think you are coming around to them, aren't you? A bit. Well, as a brand. Yeah, yeah, because they seem to be doing things a little bit more properly now. Mm. Uh, the old days when they shut their eyes when they put them together. I mean, it's not. At least it's modern now. At least uh, you know, a 2019 car isn't fundamentally 40 years old underneath. Quite amazed to be hearing this. I mean, I knew you were coming round, but no, I'm not coming round. This is positivity. No, no, no. I'm not coming round. I actually like. Actually, I don't like it. No, <laughs> I, I, I was going to say the new Vantage, but <gasps> I, don't, I don't like it. Why don't you like it? Um, I, I just don't. I just don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> have I you driven it? Yes, I okay. have driven it. Yeah, and Paul Wallace is trying to get me to buy one. I mean, he's deluded the boy. <laughs> buy his own one. And uh, I like the DBS. Oh, I do you, like you've always liked the DBS, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like the DBS. And at 150 grand? Yeah, yeah. Great car. For Great me. car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually disappointed by it, but we'll, we'll skip past that. I have no interest for the DBX. Nope. No interest for the DB11. Sure. Uh, I would I would have loved to have craved Aston to bring out a GT3 rival in the Vantage. Yeah. Hey. I don't, I don't think they're ever going to do it, but. I would have expected by now. I know they, 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 they did. Oh my god! Why did I stumble so much there? They did the pro, didn't they? What was it called? The A M R. Thank you. Um, but there's still not. Where's Vantage S? Where's V12 Vantage? We don't think is ever happening, but who knows? I would have expected that by now, wouldn't mm. you? Yeah. Maybe yeah, the pandemic yeah. slowed things down slightly. No, I don't. I don't think. Uh, from what I know, I don't think there was ever a there was ever a plan to build a because you'd think the AMR's sort of a. 911 GTS rival, mm, probably. Yeah, yeah, probably. Bit softer in it. It's but not a Aston. Don't do the GT3 correct. products. Yeah. They don't do that well, hardcore should. stuff. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Just like Jag, but oh, they're going electric. Because it's a good motorsport now. They, you know, they they do well in GT3 and and F1 GT4 and F1. Yeah, so which is why well, they haven't done well yet. No, but they are supplying the safety car now. Good. Yeah, I saw that. Actually. Yeah. So alternating with Mercedes. Vantage safety car mm. alongside the AMG GTR. I don't think it's a pro, weirdly, the safety car. It's not. It's the just Mercedes an AMG GTR. GTR. Odd that, isn't it? Really Why would odd. you have a black series? Well, it's a lot, a lot of money. I mean, it's 300 <laughs> grand. Mercedes like, no, no, no. That goes to Schmidt. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is a new deal. And, and I, I like this because I say it's a lot of positivity around the Aston brand. Mm. You know, there's a lot of good talk around the team. Uh, I like all the branding. They're doing some things on the road cars. We're hearing bad news about things like Valhalla and Valkyrie seems to be going in a different direction. Anyway, some good news. Um, but I personally hated the look of the Vantage safety car. They've stuck this real dodgy wing on the back, which I don't think looked good at all. Mm. And when, if you think about how good the Vantage GT3 car looks, the actual race car. Yeah, yeah. So, like, why not use some of that? Yeah. I guess you're trying to sell the actual Vantage, aren't you? So that's why. But that's why, yeah. 
but then don't put a dodgy wing on it. Because I say, like, it's a beautiful car, the Vantage. Why ruin it? Because mm. well, you need the downforce. I mean, I'm answering my own questions here, but <laughs> you liked it or what, what did you think? Uh, I didn't give it a second thought. Okay. I like, I'm not like, I'm really interested. But it's the first time in like <laughs> 20 years that there's not going to be only a Mercedes safety car. Okay, good. That's quite cool. Very good. Yeah. You don't care? No. Oh my God. So as of next week, my F1, weekly F1, not weekly, my F1 special episodes of the podcast are starting. Good, I'm not on them. Nope. Thank God. <laughs> I know people are going to be upset about that, but we're going to have interchanging other guests because we'll talk about F1 still here. Don't worry. But comments like that infuriate me. <laughs> but I'm not a massive F1 no, And fan, that's the problem. So that's exactly I watch it, it and, I, and I appreciate it, but yeah, I'm not a nerd like no, you. I know. No. Um, anyway, and just now the new F1, the new Ferrari F1 car just launched, which was the last of all the, the lineup. So uh, livery, um, medium, um, not as exciting as I was hoping, but it, it is red. It, it is what it is. It's, yeah, let's not get into it. <laughs> as you said, you're not a fan. <laughs> You're just going to wind me up. No, I'm going to wind you up. Yeah. So I want to get into today's kind of alternative big topic, which was an article I found talking about the best-selling cars around the world. Oh, in general. I thought we could have some fun with this. So this is country by country. What is the best-selling car in each country? Now, this is not for us to guess because I can see you panicking. We're being told what it is, so it's for us to react to. This is a global well, podcast, as we have, know. I could have had a guess. Well, I'll, I'll let you have a guess. Uh, that would be the game. You guess, and I'll tell you what it is. Right. Um, uh, because, you know, we are number one in, as we discovered, Mauritius, Belarus. Was it Pakistan or Iraq? Or yeah, Iran? one of them. It's bad that we've forgotten. But anyway, so hopefully we're going to have listeners from each of these countries, and we want to know if, you know, this is correct. So it is a top 30. We might whittle through some of them quite quickly, but I'll be interested to see what you say. So we're going to kick things off with Iraq. What do you think the biggest selling car in Iraq is? A tank. <laughs> no? I was so hoping you were going to say that. This is, is really not a scripture, a by the way. No, it's not a tank. It is a tank. <laughs> uh, apparently Iraq's a really nice place to go visit when there's not things going on. A war. Kia Sorento. Is it? Yeah, seven and a half thousand Kia Sorentos sold in Iraq last year. So every family's got one? Apparently. Amazing. <laughs> Interesting that, right? Okay, Morocco. Morocco. Yeah. Well, that's a tiny place. Tiny place, but more cars sold than Iraq. Uh, You're never going to get this one. No, go on. Dacia Docker. Oh, well, I mean, it's a know, minivan. I don't even know what that is. It looks like an Uber. It looks like, yeah, it looks like a... Let me turn this a bit so you can see exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Go on, like go on, Renault, Dacia. Kangoo. God knows what. With windows. Now, it's a big market or at least a big market for listeners, the Netherlands. What do you reckon the Netherlands' biggest selling car was? Is it German? It's not. Really? It's not. Uh, French? I actually can't remember where this maker's from. I think it's Asian. Oh, uh, what? <laughs> really? Hold on. Hyundai. Keep guessing. No! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Asian. Phew, thank God. What? Tell me. Kia Nero. The little, the, the, like, the little car? No, it's an estate. It's like a, again, a bit of an all-road estate. I mean, you're not going to know any of these cars. 11,000 Kia Nero's sold in oh, the Netherlands. Amazing. So, you know, quirky, weird, a car that we don't even know about. This is why I love this list, because it's kind of interesting. Like, who would have known, right? Total sales of new cars, 356,000 in the Netherlands. And then the Nero followed by the ID3. 
from Volkswagen, the electric. The electric car. Yeah. That's pretty nuts, isn't it? Really, really nuts. So the Netherlands are getting on the uh, electric vibes. And then we've got some slightly more recognisable ones. Uh, the Hyundai Kona, the VW Polo and the XC40 in the Netherlands. Yeah, XC40, yeah, yeah. Now, this one you should guess, hands down, if you don't, you're mad. Sweden. 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 Use your brain. Volvo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, the Swedes. You never let us down. And you know what's so funny? During Drive the World, we crossed the border from Finland into Sweden. Now, I do not joke. We crossed the border and every car became a Volvo. Like, I was like, what is going on? And I talked about it in the vlog. Like, everything's became a Volvo. Yeah, yeah. They stick to what they know and what they like. Good car, though, mate. Volvo. I love the design of modern Volvos. Mm. I mean, I see some of them, even not not even the sort of Polestar-y stuff. Like, what was the, what's the saloon? Is it an S60 saloon? They do a 60, they do a 40, 60 and 80. Okay, I think it's the S60 saloon, I okay. think I saw. Red one with nice wheels. And- A6 size. Yeah, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what I'm thinking of. Anyway, they're super nice. So apparently the, uh, the S slash V60, the estate is what's most popular, 18,500 sales in Volvo. Um, I mean, as I say, they didn't let us down. I love it. Good on them. Yeah, yeah. Only thing which I don't know, like, what's a Volvo like inside? Like, what's the tech like and stuff? Um, it needs updating now. It was very good when it came out. You know, when the new XC90 come out and the sure. XC40 and that. It's a little. In, when you compare it to the Germans now, it's a little bit slow and dim-witted, okay. but it looks beautiful. It looks but, nice. Yeah, they just need. To, I think they just need to update their cabins a little bit more now. That it was like. Class leading, mate. When it come out, they they were like spaceships, but it just tried, just started to fall started off, to fall off yeah. a bit. Yeah. Would you ever have what? Like, because why don't you and I, for example, last after boys? They're just a bit too sensible, maybe, are they? Because they look great. They got a very loyal customer base, Volvo. Mm. Very, very, as the Swedes approved. Very, very loyal. They're very good car. They're very safe. Um, I think when they modernised them. Especially now the current range, they they have gone after the Germans essentially, mm. um, and and they've achieved it in in a, to a certain extent. Yeah. But I don't know, like you, everyone just you just overlook it, don't just you? Overlook it, yeah. yeah. And I don't really know why. The super nice cars, yeah. But maybe it's a yeah, maybe a different part of the market. We're too enthusiastic, mm. I think maybe. For yeah, possibly. Yeah. Poland. What do you reckon the top selling car in Poland was last year? Poland, yep. BMW. Nope. Really? Yeah, I thought that too, actually. Yeah, they um, like a BMW, the Polish. Not as much as the Bulgarians. So that wasn't a dig. Oh. <laughs> Just tell you some information. Um, Skoda, Octavia. Ah. The Poles love I a good Skoda Octavia. So, you know, well done there. Most popular car, followed by the Toyota Corolla and Yaris. The Yaris, very popular in Poland. You know they've got some really nice cars in Poland. Like I'm talking about supercar stuff. Mm. Like proper, proper yeah, whips. Yeah. I really my time in Poland during Drive the World, some of my favorite I really enjoyed Poland. Did you? I'm going back there as soon as I can. Like that's top content to be done there. Okay, fair. Top, top content. Uh Argentina. Now, okay, again, you probably might be able to guess this. Think Argentina big, rugged, a lot of high, high mountains, a lot of off-road. Land cruiser. Close. Uh, uh Pathfinder, Nissan. No, you were closer before. It's got to be able to take off rough terrain. It, it, it must survive in all conditions. G-Wagon. No, oh my. as if, as if Argentina does it. You were really close before, but just think of it as you're going to, what do Argentinians, uh, put your sheep in the back. Well, it's a truck then, pickup truck. 
Ah. Uh, Hilux. Yes. <laughs> right on. I, knew, I knew you could get that. Toyota Hilux, biggest selling in Argentina. I think that kind of makes sense. You know, like I say, like big, rough, like if you think of Argentina, like off-road doing bits and bobs. I think that's good. Very Let, good. Let's call the Hilux. And uh, have you seen the new one? Oh, you're not really into... No, I'm not really into trucks like so that. So I've got a new van, you know that. Oh, I know you guys, you turned up in it today. Larry one. And uh, it's I a look, transit. It's a transit, yeah, but it's not like, I mean, it is a transit, yeah, but anyway, whatever. It, um, I looked at the new Hilux. Oh, okay. It's a new company sure. truck. Nice. Very good. Yeah, there's nice. a picture of it here, looks, looks delightful. Well, is that an old one or a new it's one? a new one. Yeah, very it's good. It's the biggest selling car last year, the new Hilux. Okay, fine, yeah. 2.8 engine. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> Egypt. Egypt. You're never going to get this. I mean, I'll just tell you. Chevrolet T-Series. I mean, look at that. It's another truck. It's another truck. Another truck. I, I, I mean, it's a weird not, looking one. Yeah, I mean, that's not available in this country. How would I know that? <laughs> that's why I just told you. Uh, Pakistan. Oh, this is a whip. Tuk, tuk. This is a whip. Basically, it's a Suzuki, Suzuki Alto. Yeah. <laughs> that looks like your first car. No. <laughs> <laughs> what was that weird thing that you had? The weird... Uh, uh, Austin no, Maestro. No, there was something else which you said which which didn't look too dissimilar to that. It had a turbo or something. Turbo something something weird. Renault Five Turbo. No, your you cars that you've owned. Yeah, well I've owned them. Oh sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? it? Had a weird name. We talked like a oh. Robin Reliant. No, okay, moving on. Anyway, well, Suzuki Alto. I can see that cruising around the cities of Pakistan. I you know. Fiat Uno. No, mate. Well, <laughs> come on. What is a weird car that I hadn't really heard of? Well, they looked a bit like that. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm, never I'm gonna go. I'm gonna dig out the old episode. <laughs> I could see you in that too. <laughs> when I was twelve. Spain. Spain. Now, again, you might be able to guess this, but if you don't, you'll see it. Okay, so number two was see it. Yeah, but they had a bit of a, a drop. So there's a new one. It's a very recognizable name in the car world. Uh, because it was taking the piss out of a lot on Top Gear. It was taking the piss out... What, the recent Top Gears or the old ones? Old ones, old ones, back in the day. Really? Yep, by James May, I think. Dacia? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Sandero? Yeah. Is it really? <laughs> yeah. Number one seller. Spain, Dacia Sandero, 24,000. Weird, know. isn't it? Very weird. Yeah, it's it's the Renault. toppling the indigenous Seat Leon from its 2019 throne. Interesting. Um, Philippines... What's that? I mean, you're you're not going to guess. So it's a Toyota Vios, which looks like a five-door Prius. Um, I'm just trying to see if there's any more information about it. Well, it probably what it's probably. I didn't see that from the Philippines. I have to say, like, I don't know what I was expecting, but maybe something a bit more SUV, trucky, or that's like an executive saloon car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess they're into their executive saloons in the Philippines. Hybrid. Is it a hybrid? Well, it's got to be. Everything's hybrid with Toyota, isn't it? No, surely not. Best-selling Vios extended its market share. It's Toyota. Toyota. What did I say? Vios. Yeah, if it's like a price, it will be. The Vios. Such little information. The best-selling sedan. Well, of course there's little information. It's not even here. No, no, I know. It's not, it's not, it's not hybrid. You can get loads of different ones. Oh, they literally do every single combination. You can have a hybrid. Probably. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, let us know, people. Uh, moving <laughs> moving on. Factual uh, is normal. Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Quirky, quirky car here. 
mean, a Jeep? No, that's no. what I was going to say. I was going to say as well, I mean, this one would be more G-Wagon appropriate, but I was going to say new Land Cruiser, but it's not. It's a Hyundai Elantra. Is that a... Is that an SUV? <laughs> you tell me. No, no, no. Another saloon car, another executive saloon car. Well, they've built roads out there now. Yeah, no, no. Sally's got some proper roads. Um, just pipped the Toyota Camry. Okay, cool. Toyota Camry. Vietnam, another Toyota Vios. They're Again. smashing it out there, <laughs> aren't they? <laughs> they are, they are killing it with the Vios. Uh, probably don't even pronounce it that way. South Africa. Uh, We've already had it. It's already been on the list. Has it? Yep. Think of it. Where's what other country we've talked about which has similar characteristics to South Africa? Uh, uh, don't know your geography that well. That, do you? Uh, no, I do. <laughs> don't say. Don't say the Philippines. <laughs> <laughs> what about the? Uh, what was the one that we nearly got? Uh, the 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 um, not the Land Cruiser. The yeah, yeah. The, the truck. Yeah, the Toyota Hilux. The Hilux. It's back yeah, again. Yeah. You're looking awesome, South Africa. Indonesia, again, I'm going to rattle through it because you're just not going to get it. A Honda Brio. Never heard of it. Bro! Um, it's like a little hatchbacky. It's not a good looking thing, got to be honest. <laughs> but they sold nearly 41,000 of them. So. That's amazing, some of these cars we've never even heard of. Car market in Indonesia. Insane. You've been there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bali, a lot, and then Chicago. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, but, but big, big car buyers, but like cool car scene as well. Um, Australia, now this makes sense a bit to me, but I wouldn't have guessed it. So again, let's think Australia, South Africa, Argentina. Oh, quite similar, but not exactly the same. <laughs> you get, my, this, get, get, get what I mean? Wink, is it, wink. Is it, is it the ute thing? That pickup truck ute thing? What's it called? Is it the vault? Oh, no, sorry. It's exactly the same. It's another Hilux. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they just used a different picture. <laughs> I was looking at the list. I was like, oh, this must be a different version. I think there's an Australia-specific version, version. yeah. But the Hilux killed it. 45,000. So, fair play. Go on the Hilux. Can the Hilux get- at the minute is killing it. The yeah, best-selling yeah. car in the world at the minute, I'm saying, is the it's Hilux. The Hilux, yeah. We'll start to add things up. Uh, UK. Fiesta. Well done. Mexico. Mexico. Yeah. You're, you're not going to get this right. What? Well, is it a Ford? Nope. Oh. It's a Nissan Versa. I, I don't know what that is. Nope. <laughs> Do you know what it is? Nope. Oh. Uh. Turkey. Turkey? Yeah. Mercedes? Nope. No? A Fiat Egea. Don't know. Well, I don't know what that is. I mean, another... You know what I'm working out, which is probably a really naive mentality. People love an executive saloon car. Apart from this country. Apart from this country. Because it's really not big in this country, unless it's a performance car. And maybe that's why I was naive. Maybe that's why I didn't clock it. But like, all these other countries going mad for the saloons. France. Think of the Swedes. It's not Volvo. No, but similar, it's France. They're very proud to be Yeah, it's, it's a little, it's a 208 or a... It's a Peugeot 208. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 92,000 Peugeot 208s yeah, in France. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Well done, mate. Not too bad at this job, are you? No, no. <laughs> what was that? I wonder, sometimes they do number twos and threes. Oh, Citroen. Oh, no, Citroen suffered the biggest drop. Anyway, yeah, Peugeot 208. Go on, France. I kind of like 
countries that like we should like the UK's best like I should be a McLaren or an Aston Martin. Do you know what I mean? Like I know. <laughs> don't say no like that. Um, you should buy you should buy British, you mean. You should buy British. Yeah. Least, you know, go on France, go on Sweden, and what are we doing? <laughs> Buying everything else. Buying that Americans. Works. Uh, American, German. Ford, Fiesta. Yeah, but 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 in general I think um, it's a very UK specific car, but it's an American it, company, it, Ford correct. Motor Company. Yeah, yeah. But what? No, what I'm saying is, is that that's the best selling car. Oh, let's not get into this. No, that's. <laughs> but the I I would say the best selling cars in the country are German. Yeah, fair. Did we do a special talking about UK cars? Probably. Sales? Okay. Well, we've done a hundred. I can't remember them all. See, Italy have done well as well. Italy. Yeah. Oh well, I know what that is. Fiat. Yeah. Any guess which one? Five hundred. No. Really? Yeah, I mean, you've been to Italy a lot. So a lot. just think like a bit cooler than a 500, a bit more Italian. No one else would ever buy it except the Italians. What could it be? It's a... The little sports car thing. Nope. Really? Nope. What, another Fiat? Come on, like the the, the, the funny one, which yeah. is actually quite good. The te- the, the, te- the Tipo? No. No, what is it then? The Panda. Oh! Ah, hundred and ten. Thousand Fiat Pandas. Oh, you know why I didn't? Because they just blend in in Italy. Yeah, yeah. It's the most popular car, honestly, from new to old. Like yeah. you see them everywhere. And the they're four all by four. They were beaten up, beaten to hell. Even if they're brand new. But that's what I love that they're still buying new ones. I yeah. mean, there's so many old crappy ones knocking around. But yeah, absolutely killing it. And again, proud. Go on, Italy. I mean, maybe they're making better cars. And Russia. Come on, Russia. Is that, you're not going to remember? You're not going to know the model, but you can guess the make. Russia. Russia. The only Eastern European car that anyone knows. Dacia. No. What then? Lancia. Lada. Oh, Lada. Oh, is that still the best-selling car there? Lada. 126,000. Lada Granta. Granta. They don't really sell anywhere else, do they? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, it's an ugly-looking car, but... Yeah, yeah. Proud of themselves. Uh, Canada. Essentially, the American version of what we've seen everywhere else in the world so far. Hilux. So, what would the American Hilux be? F one fifty. Yeah, Ford F series. Uh, Brazil. Yeah. Chevrolet Onyx. No so idea. weird little hatchbacky no thing. No idea. There's yeah. a lot of like hatchbacks and saloons, aren't there? Yeah. But still. It's still, still like, doing well. Saloons are the most popular, I guess. Mm, Germany. Not, Germany. Sorry, go on, what were you going to say? Not in this country. No, I know. That's why I'm so surprised. But not in many other countries either, mate. Haven't we talked about a lot of saloons? Well, you've put weird countries. No, this is the top 30. These are the biggest selling countries. Like, it's done by the total volume. So anything lower than this, their maximum sales of any one car was less than 7,500. Doesn't really matter. Really? Yeah, that's the whole point. Oh. Have you done the UK then? Yeah, Ford Fiesta. Oh, yeah, we've done that, yeah. I mean, you're messing me up here. <laughs> so what about... Um... Germany? Yeah. Go on. It's number seven on the list. We're at it right now. Germany. Well, it's a German car. Oh, God. Uh, three Series. See, that's what I would have said. I literally was about to interrupt saying, I would have guessed Cut, Three Series. Not a C-Class. Nope. One Series. Nope. R- better ballpark, though. You're in the better... A3. Area. Nope. You're too premium. Re- Ah, oh, golf. Yeah, Volkswagen Golf. Yeah, what's a stu- why don't I just say that in the first place? <laughs> stupid man. 136,000 yeah, golfs yeah, in Germany. Yeah, yeah. 
South Korea. Again, stuck to what they know. Kia. Uh, Hyundai. Yeah, same thing. Well, bit basically. Bit racist. No, it's <laughs> not. <laughs> <laughs> um, 145,000 grand years, which again, a very nice executive saloon. Mm. Looks looks super nice. Uh, Japan. Toyota. Yeah, guess which one? The well, only one. The Aris. Yeah, the Aris, 151,000. I mean, like, I, I, come on, guys, buy British. What could be, what, let's nah, start a campaign. No, let's not. Come on, what would be, what am I, okay, forget the sports car makers. What's a, an entry-level British car brand? All right, we'll, we'll reel them off, shall we? Go on. What, made in Britain? Made in, no, like, British car brand. I don't care where it's made. Land Rover. Oh, yeah, well done. <laughs> I'm not very good at this, am I? Or Jaguar. No. Yes. Okay, what, so you- a German car? So you want- the biggest... No, I'm saying about, let's be proud of what we make here. Can you read off some others, by the way? Because my well, brain's, my brain's well, not working. Ma- Jaguar made, Land Rover. Made here. There's a lot of cars made here. Vo- oh, no, no, no. Vo- I, no. Vauxhall made here. Okay. But are they so, still a British brand? Because ne- they're owned by Opel, right? Yeah, no. They're American. Not, uh, no, they're not. They're French. Vauxhall. Okay. Oh, of course, they're part of Stellantis now. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I mean. I mean, British brand. Aston Martin, McLaren, Jaguar, Land Rover. ProDrive. Okay, so let's focus on. <laughs> I mean, there's not many, mate. I know that's what I'm saying. So we want. Caterham, I want to start a Caterham Lotus. But that's what I mean, like, what's the mass market British brand? It's Jaguar Land Rover, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want the Jaguar XE to be Britain's best-selling car. No forward. chance. I'm going to start a campaign. We've got to be look at all these countries doing so well, promoting their own products. Brexit's happened now. I'm not. I don't want to get into the politics of it, and I'm not saying I'm two or four or against. But let's buy British. What? I mean, they don't work. But we should be proud of what we do. And we should fly the flag for our country. And I love Jaguars, even though I forgot they were made here. <laughs> we should be proud that a Brummie's built it asleep. No, everyone could buy F-types. Anyway, I just, I just feel like it's a shame that we're here and we've got money Ford as our biggest selling car. Oh, yeah, because there's a reason for that. I mean, maybe, maybe Jaguar Land Rover don't make a car for the mass market. If, if they're that bothered, make a, hot, make a little... Little hatchback yeah. to rival the first Yeah, stuff. no, I mean, I get it. That's the thing is I think all of our all of our brands are too specialist. As I say, like Lotus isn't going to, you don't have the best selling car in the UK being an Exige, are you? No. So, um, okay. Thailand? Thailand. I, I'm guessing everyone's buying one car because it's the Isuzu D-Max. Um, 160,000. It's a pickup truck. It's a very nice looking, aggressive pickup truck in Thailand. I sell them in this country, D-Max. Do they? Oh, mm, no, it's okay. They're cheap, but yeah. Uh, India, as you would expect, big up on the list. Lots of lots of numbers. I don't think you're going to get this, so I'm going to just tell you what it is. How far is it up the list? It's number three. Oh right. It's a it's a Suzuki. Oh, it's a Suzuki Swift. Can't say that quickly. Go on. It's a, try and say Suzuki that. Swift. No, say it's a Suzuki. It's a Suzuki Swift. <laughs> uh, but they rebranded that. They're called Marutis. It, 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 is, it is a Suzuki, but it's called Maruti. So the Jimny is a Maruti. Oh, what's the. Anyway. China. China. Mm-hmm. Toyota. Nope. Really? Mm hmm. Well, no, they just copy everything, don't they? Yeah, that's what I, I thought it was going to be something we'd never heard of. It's a Nissan Silphi. Silphi. But is it made by Nissan or is it, it made by them? Um, or is it just a copy? No, no, it is the Nissan. It's, a, it's an executive Nissan. Okay, fine. And Toyota Corolla was the biggest before that. Yeah. But 542 
thousand Nissan Sulfires were. So to put that into context, how many Fiestas are sold in this country? What was it, 40,000 or something? I was going to say. Yeah. So look at the, the market compared to here. Well, and then the biggest selling car in the world, do you know this, the actual, in terms of numbers? Uh, I don't know the numbers, but I can probably guess where it is. Because we haven't mentioned it yet, so go on. Is it in America? Yep. So let's have a guess. Like It's, it's not a car. What, what? It's an F one fifty pickup truck. It's the Ford F yeah. F series. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah the, it, uh, and you would know if you ever spend any time in America, and American viewers will know and testify. It's obvious when you're yeah. there. It's just obvious. So yeah, yeah. seven hundred eighty-seven thousand F series sold. Amazing. And that's pretty much like every year. So the US remains the second largest new car market. That's weird because chart. Yeah, chart. Oh, okay, fine. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. second, but the single. Um, but unsurprisingly, the tops the sales chart for the 39th year in a row. Amazing. So for 39 years, it's been the best-selling car in America. So they're just everywhere. They're I mean, absolutely everywhere. Full don't need to make anything else no. apart from that. Yeah. So the one car which I'm surprised I haven't seen anywhere, Jeep Wrangler. Because I kind of assumed that in some country somewhere that might win out. Because I know it does very well for the Fiat Group. Well, it, it, it might do, but... If there's only four people in that country, then who cares? You don't need to... Doesn't what? No, no, but what I'm saying... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it hasn't amassed the total amount Correct. needed. But I just, yeah. I, I sort of assumed that maybe somewhere, as I say, in a Thailand or a Philippines or something like that, it might have crept in somewhere, but it, but it didn't. The Hilux is obviously the one. So that my takeaway from that is the F-Series and the Hilux are the two biggest. Even though, they're not even cars. <laughs> yeah, they're not even cars. Even though numbers-wise, Hilux doesn't... It, just, it was the amount of countries that are buying Hiluxes. Yeah. Kind which, of interesting that, huh? Which is why they're two of the biggest car makers in the world. Yeah. Probably because of them cars. Take them cars out of the equation, they're probably nowhere near. They just built a product many years ago that has just sold in the masses. So what we should do is get Jaguar or Land Rover to build a pickup. Then we can buy British. Land Rover already build like a pickup. What? A Defender. It's not a pickup though. It's got to build a proper truck. Well, they do do one. You can get a, the old shape one. Oh, yeah, the old shape one, yeah, fine. But this well, is new car sales. Yeah, yeah, but what I'm saying is is that they've obviously tried Imagine that. an F-Pace pickup. <gasps> no, it's not a thing in this country, is it? I mean, the roads are tiny. Yeah. Have you seen one of them Raptor things? Yeah, of course. You know what I did see when I was picking my van up? Go on. Very briefly. Because we're talking about Raptors. I saw one of them um, Raptor... R- Ranger or F one fifty? Yeah, no, no, the, a Ranger Raptor. The Ranger Raptor, parked next to a normal Ranger Wild Track. Sure, and it's like double the size. Yeah, of it. you it's would. A beast. It's huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot more money, but it's got like proper suspension. It's it's proper good, but the thing which I found which is weird because actually, and um, a guy bought one on Snow Tour a couple of years ago, and they're super cool, and I like it, and I like the idea of it. But it, if you compare it to an F-150 and what that Raptor does, it's not the same improvements. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not the same step. No. So it's cool Ranger Raptor, but it's not done that. It's not had that same effect, I don't think. It's not for this country, is it? I mean, yeah. it's not, you know... People that buy trucks here don't really buy trucks because they want a performance one. No. You know, it's, it's not the, what they're going no. about, so... No. Anyway, I think that brings an end to today's 100th episode. I mean, we, Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So we'll celebrate properly soon. We do actually have a pretty big announcement coming soon, which I'm, I'm literally leaving it right to the end of the episode when everyone stopped listening, to tease. Uh, patrons are going to be finding about this first, um, but it has, of course, to do with 
live audience. Do I know about it? Oh, I know about you this. Do I know. Yeah, so we're just finalizing some details. But yeah, keep your ears tuned in. And your uh, eyes opening. And your eyes op- open. Open. <laughs> uh, if you want to follow us anywhere, Tony's Tony uh, at Tony Gravelwood Car Sales. Is that right? Something like that. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, I need some cars, mate. Oh, we need some stock. Uh, I'm really, really struggling for cars. So, not to four year old. Sports performance prestige SUV. Please give me a ring. DM X, me. X3M40. Yeah, yeah, I told you I'll have it. Good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, if you want to follow me, I'm seen through glass anywhere. If you're watching here on YouTube, subscribe, turn on notifications. If you're listening to us, keep listening on whatever platform you are. We'll catch up with you soon. Bye bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 